Greetings. You're listening to the Bonnie Boat Sailing Podcast. My name is Chris Smith. Whether you're a grizzled old salt, pining for the days of wire rope halyards, or a greenhorn, wondering what the hell a dolphin striker is, this is the podcast that seeks to fill the need for everybody's third most favorite pastime. That is, talking about sailing. Welcome to this week's episode of the Bonnie Boat Sailing Podcast. If you're just joining us, this first batch of episodes chronicles the refit and subsequent adventures of my wife Ryan and I aboard our 1967 Pearson Ariel Firefly. We spent two years on the hard fixing up the old girl and took her down the ICW from Virginia to the Florida Keys and back. Cheers! November 19th, 2015. Graham's Creek to Dewey's Creek. After a crappy night on the hook, we woke up, listened to the NOAA forecast over the VHF, which is how we got our weather, uh, and they were calling for thunderstorms and reduced visibility. The plan was to head to Charleston that day, but we were nervous about shipping and the reduced visibility from thunderstorms. So while we were waiting uh, for a thunderstorm to pass over us, we looked at the chart and picked out some spots that we could duck into if we decided we wanted to wait. We made it as far as Dewey's Creek and decided to wait another day. And, uh, and we were really disappointed. Uh, Ryan in particular had been looking forward to Charleston. We were doing the trip on a fairly limited budget, but we had decided that we didn't want to pinch pennies in Charleston. We were planning on staying in a marina for a few nights, checking out some restaurants. Uh, our hearts were set on that first meal ashore. Uh, so we were pretty disappointed. But as it turns out, uh, after anchoring in Dewey's Creek, the weather cleared later that afternoon and we had the single most spectacular sunset I've ever seen in my life. The, uh, the wind dropped off to, to flat calm, the sun was setting around um, slack tide, and there wasn't a ripple in the water, so the sky was mirrored perfectly in the water, and it, it seemed like Firefly was suspended in the void. It was, it was wild. It was, it was completely psychedelic. And, uh, and we have the, uh, the pictures to prove it, the unedited pictures to prove it. Uh, and as was usually the case during the trip, if we allowed ourselves to roll with what the day brought us and didn't get too hung up on trying to impose our plan, the experience was, was all the richer. Um, and that was kind of a difficult thing for both of us to do. We're both fairly type A personality. For me, if we had a, a day where we were at anchor, um, I would get antsy, I'd fiddle about with a boat, get into some projects, or I'd just be kind of itching to get underway. And, and I think that stemmed from my mindset leading up to the trip, um, both through working um, on the boat and, and through working at my job, um, you know, I viewed problems as being solvable um, by hard work and just kind of throwing myself into the thick of things. Um, but I didn't find that mindset very useful underway. Um, you know, I felt compelled to always be accomplishing something and viewing the trip as a goal to be achieved, as opposed to the whole, you know, the, the old cliche about the journey. The journey being the point. Um, was was challenging, and it, and it took me a while to get kind of get into that that mindset that the slow pace is the thing to savor. Um, Ryan, on the other hand, loved days at anchor where we could relax, read. She would crochet, and she was really good at savoring that aspect of the trip. Uh, where her type A personality rebelled was that our inability to plan past the next hour or so, which is I think part of the reason why not making it into Charleston that that evening uh, stung. 
But in any case, Charleston was one of our favorite stops, uh, and Ryan wrote a piece called Chucktown. This is our experience of Charleston by boat. Chris and I had high expectations for our stop in Charleston, and I'd say they were definitely met. Prior to our departure, we were so busy getting Firefly and Bug ready to go that we barely took the time to scope out the possible stops along the ICW. Honestly, the only part of the ICW I knew I wanted to hit was Charleston. We had originally thought we were going to hit Charleston on Thursday, the 19th, and I got my hopes good and high, but because of thunderstorms and the timing of the tides, we realized it was going to be Friday, the 20th. And I remember we were waiting, we were listening to the VHF and we're waiting on the weather, and I think that when we were looking at the the timing of everything, we were going to be hitting Charleston Harbor, potentially with a good deal of wind against the tide, and and we were just nervous because I think maybe one of the guidebooks had said to kind of because it's a bigger bigger harbor to kind of watch it, and 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 with the commercial traffic and potential bad visibility, we uh, we decided to, to to pump the brakes at that point. I spent that afternoon more than a little upset. I was pretty excited about the prospect of a hot shower and a big city full of restaurants and culture. But on that Friday, we had a short sunny journey from our anchorage on Dewey's Creek to the Charleston Maritime Center on the Cooper River. The marina was a bit bouncy, but was within walking distance of all the good stuff in the city and had an incredible view. A trade-off we were comfortable with. And I just remember coming in, I remember there being like, the, there's like a big tall bulkhead and like the current was ripping by it and it was like, and <laughs> kind of like shoot the uh, shoot the slot in there. Do you remember? That's, that's, yeah. that's my memory of it anyway. I remember being extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, I was often extremely uncomfortable on the trip, but um, I remember being afraid we were going to miss the little opening. Yeah, we would be swept by or swept into a piling or yeah. something. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. But we, we made it. I think we ended up having to tie up at the... Uh, the fuel dock. The fuel dock for a little while and, and then do And then some. it was also exciting getting from the fuel dock into our slip. Yeah, we had to do some some maneuvering. Yes, maneuvering. But it worked. I don't think we crashed. Someone else crashed. Someone day. else did crash. We didn't crash. No. All right. Okay. After showering, yay, we walked to Husk, Sean Brock's Charleston Southern Revival restaurant that is extremely highly rated. I had made lunch reservations for us as it was impossible to get dinner reservations. We had pig's ear lettuce wraps, pork rillettes, pork belly with farro verde, shrimp and grits, and a cast iron skillet of bacon cornbread. Mayhaps we ate a whole pig. And a nice glass of wine for me and a pluff mud porter for Chris. Mwah! (laughs) <laughs> when I was reading this, I wasn't sure. I thought it was moi. <laughs> no, moi. <laughs> Very nice. We hit a couple bars, including Amen Street, a raw bar with oysters and clams, in town that evening and enjoyed ourselves quite thoroughly. On our way back to the marina, we thought we'd stop at a Walgreens to get some things, and out of the blue, we heard someone say, Hey, don't I know you? It turned out to be Nick, a guy we knew from the Charlottesville music scene. He used to play in a band called Old School Freight Train, whom we were obsessed with, and is now playing with the Boston Boys. So the the Boston Boys were opening for the Wood Brothers, and he had just finished his set. So we all walked over to the venue, and he got us into the show, which was awesome. Faux free. Uh, Yeah, yeah. He put us on the guest list. Um, So we had never heard the Wood Brothers before, um, but it was an awesome show. I... We, I think we were up in the uh, in the nosebleeds a little bit, it but was uh, awesome. but it was so cool. Yeah, yeah, was, we had a great time. It was it was a great show. Um, 
And uh, and after all that, I, I kind of remember thinking that I don't think I actually told Nick what our names were. I think he recognized us from seeing us around, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know if he actually had any idea who the hell we were. Cause, I don't think that's true. Actually. Really? Yeah. Really? Okay. I could be wrong, but um, anyway, he's a real nice guy, and uh, and uh, we had a, we had a great time. Yeah. Saturday morning was also amazing in that we got to go to the Charleston Farmer's Market. We got fresh veggies and eggs. If these things are not refrigerated to begin with, they'll keep for a bit without refrigeration, which is good for us. And as a side note, we figured out later that eggs actually you don't really need. You can buy refrigerated eggs and keep them non-refrigerated for a while. You flip them every couple days. Yeah, Fine. and never how did, had a problem. Did we just and did we just buy refrigerated eggs and yes. wing it one time and we didn't get sick? Yeah, <laughs> get desperate. How, <laughs> Need uh, that protein in the morning. How long did they last for? Do you remember? I don't. It was at least I don't a think week we, though, right? Yeah, but I don't we think we ever. Yeah, let them sit long because for a long time because we just ate them. Yeah. So, anyways, um, we also got breakfast sandwiches and coffees. Chris had a roti called a wakey bakey that was apparently good enough to mention. Damn hippies. <laughs> it was a beautiful day and was very pleasant to meander around the market. I was so excited to get fresh food and good coffee that I'm pretty sure I prattled on about it for the remainder of the day. Then we met up with Pete and Gail, some sailor friends of Chris's aunt and uncle. They took us to Holy City Brewery, home of the aforementioned Pluff Mud Porter. Which I'm going to interject, which turns out to be... Your favorite beer of the whole trip. Yes. And you can't get it where we live. Yeah. So I think because it is unattainable to us now, it... Um, it's a great beer. Yeah. It, it makes us want it more. Yeah. And I remember remember we came... After we got back, I was cleaning the boat out like months later and I found like a six pack <laughs> yeah. in the bilge. Yes. It was like gold. It was yes. awesome. And then we drank it. <laughs> and, then we, and then we drank it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Anyways, Pete and Gail took us to Holy City Brewery and then to this amazing place called the Tattooed Moose, where we probably had the best meal of the stop. One of the best meals of the entire trip yeah, as well. for sure. We had a lot of fun hanging out with them and are very grateful they took some time out of their lives to hang out with us. Yeah, and they were, they were great. They were really nice people. And, and throughout the course of the whole trip, we were continually treated well by, by people we had never met. Hmm. And I think there's something inherent in people about... Maybe showing hospitality to travelers, or at least it seems like we were the, the beneficiary, beneficiaries of something to that effect. Um, and Pete and Gail uh, are very much evidence of that. They're, they're great to us, very kind to us. Uh, it's nice to meet them, and, uh, and we keep in touch with them to this day. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's because we always had the smallest boat in the anchorage. That's true. The that smallest boat at the marina. People took pity. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was more pity than, than anything else. <laughs> but we met some great people either way. Absolutely. Um, on Sunday, we had coffee at a really cool spot called Caviar and Bananas, and then met Mallory, a good friend's brother, for lunch at a bar called The Griffin. He's an experienced sailor, and we picked his brain for a bit. And uh, he had done some uh, some similar kind of sailing to um, when he was younger. Uh, he'd taken a small boat down to the Caribbean, uh, and so he gave us some advice uh, regarding uh, preparing to cross to the Bahamas, which we didn't take and probably should have, but we'll get into that at a later date. <laughs> That Monday, we got our outboard engine serviced, picked up our mail, which I had forwarded to Charleston, and then walked around the Battery, which is an area on the water filled with historical mansions and cannons. On Tuesday, we headed out. I cried when we were pulling away from the city. It was such a welcome stop to me after so many days in remote anchorages and making do with canned food and no showers. 
I think if I were ever to live in a city, Charleston would definitely be in consideration. It seems young, vibrant, healthy, and in. Every single person we came into contact with was kind and helpful. The food is great, the beer is great, the views are great. It's hard to capture the feel of the city in words, and pictures just don't do it justice. And I just and I do remember coming into Charleston and, and leaving Charleston by water was was pretty impressive. It's it, you know the I guess the skyline. It's not very tall, um, but it's very distinct and it has a very. It just it feels like you're in the south and it yeah. and coming in by water. Uh, oh, it was cool. It was very good. cool. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, it's a nice part of the trip. I wish we were better photographers. Yeah, yeah. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard to capture the, the like the the expanse, you know, because yeah. it's a wide kind of a wide vista. Yeah. So heading south of Charleston is Beaufort, South Carolina, which is where we spent Thanksgiving and we both were, uh, did a little bit of writing there. Um, and so one aspect of our trip to Charleston, uh, I wrote this reflection on. As we made our way through the approaches in Charleston Harbor, we sighted a small island with a fortress, Chutes Folly and Pickney's Castle, respectively. There was a French flag flying from the small fortress, and it took me a moment to realize why. The shootings in Paris in November 2015 had just occurred. While walking down Calhoun Street in Charleston, we had a similar moment when we realized we were standing next to the First Emanuel AME, the church where the shootings in Charleston happened in June of 2015. In both instances, we were struck hard with the reality that, in many ways, we have been insulated from during our travels. What can you say in the face of madness? We are very lucky and very thankful for the opportunities afforded and taken that have led us to this safe harbor. That's it for this episode of The Bonnie Boat. Thanks for listening. I know time is my most scarce resource these days, so I appreciate you uh, choosing to spend your time listening here. One of the reasons I decided to throw my hat into the podcast ring is to get in touch with other like-minded sailing maniacs. To that end, if you have any comments or suggestions, you can email me at thebonnieboat at gmail.com. You can find us online at thebonnieboat.wordpress.com. And remember, to be a sailor, you don't need a YouTube channel with 100,000 video subscribers. You don't need an Instagram account with pictures of beautiful people in their bathing suits. You certainly don't need a podcast. You don't even need a boat. You just need to go sailing. Until next time, this is Firefly standing by on Channel 16.